Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 282nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Um, you going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about maybe going to your house and watching it. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good. Um... I don't have CBS, though, so <laughs> we're just going to have to listen on the radio or just imagine what's going on. Okay. Well, as a longtime cord cutter, <laughs> I could bring my antenna to your house, and we'll hook it up. And Sounds it. great. Or we could use the backup plan that I use as a cord cutter of using someone else's login on other things, namely Producer Cameron's YouTube TV. Yeah. Producer Cameron is just so great. He just donated his YouTube TV credentials and i hope you know there's no law enforcement listening or anything because we've we've stolen a lot of content <laughs> the that F- way the fbi is gonna bust down your door mid super bowl that would be bad at least let me finish the game mid halftime show and disconnect your youtube tv and put cameron in jail for letting you use it last wow. week uh well, that sounds epic uh <laughs> last week i got a free trial of like paramount plus to watch the game so that was something. disgusting. That stuff's all free trial. Though? Awful. I canceled. Don't worry. Great. Never got charged. Never got charged. Wow. wow. That's Incredible. what a free trial is. Good work. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. Uh, yeah. I I thought I was doing a thing by like using antennas and using. I signed up for ESPN Plus, but ESPN Plus doesn't let you just watch ESPN like the old Watch ESPN app. Yeah. Used nope. to. Nope. I don't even know how you do that. You have to still log in with a provider. Who knows. Ugh, it's awful stuff. Um, yeah, we actually, if we watch the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl at your house, they win. They always win. Two for two doing that. Yeah. Yeah, we've watched the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl at someone else's house. They lose terribly. Yeah. So we're not doing that again. Never making that mistake again. Just come on over to my house. It'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Kyle, what all are we going to talk about on this episode of the podcast this week? We're going to try to avoid talking about basketball, but we'll do it a little bit. Um, We'll talk football recruiting, and then this is going to be an NIL-heavy episode because we're rich, apparently. Mizzou is rich, and We're just going to be a couple of businessmen today. Yeah, this is a business meeting (laughs) about college football, and... Um, Mizzou was mentioned several times in a Oklahoma Insider podcast that we listened to. So behind enemy lines, yeah, we're gonna we went to see what they were saying about the Tigers and NIL stuff. So that was a little bit interesting, and yeah, it all folds into yeah the business of college football. So uh, before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and of course, you can support us on Patreon patreon.com slash missouri sports pod uh kyle what's your score prediction for the super bowl um give me like 27 24 chiefs Ooh, that'd be a good game yeah i think it'll be a good i think it'd be close um okay basketball uh they play tonight we're gonna be done recording hopefully so we can watch the game i guess they play texas a&m tonight they played vanderbilt they lost to Vanderbilt, and everything's bad. I don't know what else to say about it. It's so bad. 
They're not going to win a game. Unbelievably bad. I don't think they're going to win a game in conference play. No. It, I, that, but that's so strange. Like the worst teams in a conference in a given year win two or three games. They're getting they're getting decent performances from like one person in a game, yeah. and it's like not enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, looking at Kim Palm, the last three games, obviously all three losses against South Carolina. Sean East, according to Kim Palm, best player on the floor, Kim Palm MVP. Against Arkansas, it was Tamar Bates. Against Vanderbilt, it was Noah Carter. Missouri had the Kim Palm MVP in all three games. They lost them. I don't know what to do. Just pretend like it's not happening. We'll see you in transfer portal season. Yep, we'll see you in the portal. Uh, Missouri plays A&M tonight, then Mississippi State in Ole Miss. Don't expect any wins. Let's just lose the rest of the games, get the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even, like, I feel very disconnected from college basketball this season. It's kind of sad. Like, I don't know. I feel like we, we could probably talk we could probably talk SEC ball and stuff like that, but I don't think anyone's that interested in it, including, like, myself, really. Like, when Mizzou was this bad, when the season was over a month ago. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of sad. Yeah. It's hard to muster any, any energy for it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, football recruiting. Something that's been a little bit happier recently. Uh, I've got two names to keep an eye on that recently trimmed their list of potential colleges. Uh, in the state of Missouri, DJ Miller, a four-star wide receiver from Cardinal Ritter, named a top eight of Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kansas State, Miami, and Mizzou. Still a long way to go, but uh, be nice to land a four-star wide receiver in the state. And then potentially quarterback of the future, four-star uh, Matt Zollers from Pennsylvania released a final four of Penn State, Pittsburgh, Georgia, and Mizzou. So quarterback to keep your eye on. Hard to believe that football recruiting is like getting spun up again a little yeah. bit. It's still very early yeah. in the class, but I don't think we don't even have any commits for the 2025 class, I don't think. But I don't think so. Might soon. Um, other football news, um, backup quarterback, Sam Horn injured himself playing baseball. Yeah. This is not deja vu. This is ha this happened again. Uh, I don't know exactly when it happened last year, but it was probably like relatively around this time, maybe a little bit later in the year, but yeah, just another kind of ambiguous arm injury pitching. And we don't really know how serious it is yet, but you know, it could literally range from anything as totally innocuous and he's going to be fine to like tommy john surgery he'll be out for over a year um so which is exactly what happened this time last year and we thought it was so frustrating at the time last year because we knew brady cook was was injured and you know wasn't going to practice in spring ball and that sam horn was going to have this incredible opportunity to really kind of be the guy then he didn't practice a whole lot and that kind of stuff at least early in spring ball yeah and that's looking like that might happen again at least this time around, we already know who the starter is going to be. That is a very uh, big distinction. And he's not coming off of shoulder surgery. Yep. So a spring full of Brady Cook as the starter. It's not too bad. Uh, okay, rest of the way here, 
It's business time. Starting out, Mizzou Athletics announced a $62 million anonymous donation. Largest in school history. $50 million of that is going to football stadium improvements, including the north end zone. $12 million of that to the Tiger Fund. We'll get to that in a sec. $50 million for stadium improvements. Like... What, I feel what like, all can you get for $50 million? I don't know. I feel like it, I mean, they have announced a donation of like $1 million. Yeah. And this was $62 million. The previous record was $30 million, more than double the previous biggest donation ever. Absolutely insanity. Is, is Stan Kroenke doing that well that he's just throwing money around like that? He, well, I guess I can promise you it's probably not him, but <laughs> somebody is. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, $50 million for stadium improvements. I mean, yeah, where are they going to put that money? I wonder. I know uh, some of the guys in the Discord, I feel like they've got some good ideas. And, you know, I think w- something I feel like I see consistently is like the speaker systems and mm-hmm. stuff like that are Wi Fi. Feel a little archaic. Yeah. I think yeah. Brit's always talking about Wi Fi and stuff, which, <laughs> yeah, it's a good, that's a good idea. But, I mean, I don't even know what you could do with that kind of money. That's yeah. There were those build like, a whole nother stadium. There were those leaked uh, mock-ups that the everybody said were fake. Yeah, but looked a little too good, but didn't look good enough. That yeah, was like still... this whole brick facade of the outside of the uh, north side of the in uh, stadium. Yeah, they they like uh, publicly announced like significant renovations coming to the north end zone mm-hmm. a few months ago. And, but yeah, we never, I don't think we ever saw any official renderings or anything. If I remember correctly, we are supposed to get more concrete, maybe even <coughs> images in April. Okay. I think I remember hearing that. Well, now that they have the funding. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was thinking about uh, was, do you think they knew, how long do you think they've known this money was going to come? Like, do you think they knew that before they started publicly announcing That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. What somebody is somebody's name going to be on the north end zone? Is it going to be the Kyle um, DeVries north end zone? Well, it won't be that, but it might be someone else's <laughs> name. Um, yeah, so $50 million for stadium improvements. I guess, you know, $50 million doesn't go as far as it used to. So, yeah, you need every penny of that. And so, the south end zone is nice. Yeah. Like, legitimately, I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah, the only complaints, I I don't have any issue with it really at all. The only complaints I've seen is that it's like the height of it doesn't make one continuous bowl oh, yeah. from the seats all the way around. Yeah, I mean, with depending on what they do with the north end zone, though, I mean, they could come pretty close to yeah. kind of enclosing it in like a full kind of oval mm-hmm. bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, give us your ideas. What do you, tell us in the comments, what do you want added to... The north end zone. Some people want a live tiger. I say no. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. It's probably not humane either. That's, <laughs> They're probably joking. But. Yeah, that sounds like... Um, I don't know how much you'd have to spend pointless. on a live tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I think what LS, do you feed I think a LSU live, used to have a they live do. tiger. They do. I've seen they it. They still have I it. I literally went to it once. I saw like the tiger in the enclosure. Incredible. Mike, his name was. Ah. It might still be alive. I don't know. I, rem- I have an image in my head of like a screenshot of LSU's tiger in yeah. its cage, like looking really scared at something. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Just a funny image. He looked very chill when I saw him. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. So tell us your ideas for what you want added. Um, 
and we'll do our best to get, make that happen for you. You think they'll keep the troughs in the bathroom? They got to get rid of the troughs. Oh, really? You're a get a get rid of them? That's what team you're on? Yeah. Well, that's, that's not the north end zone, though. Well, $50 million. We can surely come around to the west some, side there a little bit. Some people really love it, you know? Do they? <laughs> I say we. you're going to remove the troughs, but then bronze them, mm-hmm. a section of them. Okay. Section of the trough. And now it's a statue, commemorative statue out front. Oh, that's just really nice. Commemorating the memory of the trough. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that'd be a really nice touch. Uh, you know, some people have shy bladder and you know, they just don't want to pee in a trough. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking at them. You're looking at one. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. It's fine. It just, it's just as part as part of overcoming it. It's part of the stadium experience is needing to pee the entire time. Yeah. It's true. Um the other $12 million going to the Tiger Fund. Now, that is distinct from, but I think a part of, Tiger Scholarship Fund or something like that. I had to look it up. A lot of funds and collectives and stuff. Yes. And thankfully, right here, they have a website that says, what is the Tiger Fund? Uh, they introduced the Tiger Fund program based on the changing landscape of college athletics, a.k.a. NIL, I guess. If they're a little vague on that. Uh, but they say uh, funds in the Tiger Fund supports athletics in the following areas. Travel, equipment, educational opportunities and programming, marketing programs, mental wellness support, and mental performance coaching. So as marketing programs, it's very ambiguous. Is that, is that just NIL? Makes me think that. Yeah. Travel, equipment, those both feel like things that you already have. Uh, mental wellness support, mental performance coaching, things you probably should already be doing. So educational opportunities. Class. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a college. University. Marketing programs. Yes. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot in that uh, term, marketing programs. Just a lot of banner ads. <laughs> Maybe advertising uh, or uh, more billboards for the signees. Okay, that makes sense. The billboards are expensive. I saw. Uh, I get. I can't remember the whole situation. Uh, Ku is playing home games at Arrowhead next year or something. Really? Uh, because of renovations or maybe just a fun thing. They get to. They get to upgrade then. I guess. And I believe I saw that some Mizzou fans were trying to pool money together to put a billboard like from Kansas on the way to Arrowhead Stadium saying, you know, this is Mizzou territory. Wow, that sounds very intimidating. <laughs> and uh, definitely worth your money. Anyway, $12 million <laughs> to Tiger Fund. Do it, I say. Just do it. Okay. Just, just do Tiger Fund. Do the, no, do the billboards. Yeah, go for it. Uh, $12 million to Tiger Fund. So that's a lot of money. And was kind of making waves across, uh, you know, some of the college sports circles. And interestingly, uh, the folks over at OU Insider had a, basically a, you know, college football marketing guru on their podcast. His name is Jason Belzer of Student Athlete NIL. And what an interesting role he and his company now have in the landscape of college football because his company, not only do they run the NIL collective for Oklahoma, 
they also do so for like 15 other college football programs, Oklahoma being the biggest brand under their umbrella. Mm-hmm. And side note, he said that Oklahoma, which is a pretty large football program, has $4 million to work with with NIL, at least this past year. Yeah. And we're talking about Mizzou just getting $62 million in yeah. one single anonymous donation. Yeah. $12 million of that maybe kind of being allocated for NIL yeah. on top of what we've already been doing. Yeah. And he also said that Oklahoma is positioned to be in the at least in the top 15 of um, NIL spending this upcoming season. And he said maybe even top 10. Now, keep all that in mind. Uh, he also They also went to, on to talk about Caden Green. Obviously, that's one of the reasons we're interested as Mizzou fans. They said Caden Green was offered five times the amount Oklahoma was offering him to play at Mizzou, which is just kind of insane that a $4 million NIL budget, which puts you top 15, top 10-ish in the country, you can get outbid 5X by another school just in the blink of an eye, basically. Yeah. And he was talking about kind of like the even distribution that Oklahoma players are getting paid. Like the minimum, all 80, 90, whatever scholarship players on Oklahoma's team are making a minimum of $26,000. Yeah. With the average player making $45,000. Yeah. So we're talking about maybe Caden Green making in the fifty dollars to $100,000 range, if we're just totally guessing. Like what Oklahoma would be offering? Was going to pay yeah, him. that makes yes. sense. So maybe we're looking at Mizzou offering like five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand dollars. I, I mean, if you, his whole thing, all podcast long, he was talking about how transparent he and his organization are trying to be with everyone involved. So, if you take him at his word, yeah. Uh, he even another interesting thing about that interview was he showed a graphic that showed how his organization uses pro football focus grades broken down by position to determine like the starting point for negotiations on the what the collective is going to pay a player. Yeah, it's very interesting that they have this almost kind of like objective measure that they're using to determine what a player is worth. So when they sit down with them, they kind of say, you're worth this amount. Yeah. And there's very little room to negotiate because this is what we deem you're worth. If someone wants to overpay you, yeah. by all means, go somewhere else. Yeah. And... Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, okay, so if Missouri's able to offer something seemingly, uh, like, they were sort of making it seem like this was a pretty outrageous offer yeah. from Mizzou to Caden Green. Is Does that mean that Mizzou's NIL spend is way more top-heavy to the stars of the program? Yeah, I do wonder if Missouri has kind of a, a NIL minimum, because at some point, if you're not willing to spend up on a star player who's going to make an impact on every down that your offense plays, is it really worth paying every single backup, every fourth string player on, on right. the team $26,000 if that's going to eat into what you can pay your stars? Right. Seems like a little bit of a interesting um, kind of structure. And another aspect, sort of like the Wild West aspect of all of this, is he's talking about his company, the, the NIL collective that works directly with the University of Oklahoma, to raise money from their existing donor pool to give that to the players. 
I don't know how much he was even talking about like brand deals that the players are getting outside of that. No. Because obviously we know like with Luther Burden and his chips, we know about Emo's Pizza, what they're doing for Mizzou football. And so we don't know, was Caden Green, what he was being told, was that what Missouri's collective is contributing plus these brand deals that we have lined up for you yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's the funny thing about NIL, which we we all knew it was going to get to this point. It just went even faster yeah. than I thought. But here we are maybe, what, a year or two into NIL, and it's like we've completely forgotten about like brand deals and stuff, which is yeah. what it's supposed to be, like right. Luther Burden Chips, uh, right. you know, Brady Cook, Emos Pizza, whatever yeah. it is. The local uh, little car dealership. Yes, yeah. them, you know, kind of a win-win for the player who gets paid, a win for the company who gets to have, you know, this... Uh, influencer marketing yeah. campaign fan favorite type yeah but the way that this uh this nil collective whether it's working for oklahoma it just sounded like we've got a big pool of donations and we just distribute it however we want yeah so it's just basically turned into legalized university facilitated boosters paying players he said the word cartel well he he said the word cartel referring to the ncaa Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Being like the governing yeah, like body, just kind of like I don't know, skimming off the top of yeah. everything. But yeah. yeah, it's it's I don't know. I feel like ten years ago. Well, I'm thinking back to like, uh, do you remember when Frank Haith became the Mizzou basketball coach coming from Miami, and he was leaving a bit of a scandalous situation with um, a booster named Nevin Shapiro who was paying players basically. Yeah. And now 10 years later, Nevin Shapiro can pay players as much as he wants directly, basically. Yeah. Insane. I mean, I am all for the pay- players getting paid. I think it's great. Yeah. You don't even have to make up a business or anything now. You can just yeah. donate it. Yeah, exactly. So I like those, that streamlined process and everything, but it is changing everything. Yeah. Very quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, Man, I have so many thoughts on this, and it really was interesting uh, to hear this guy talk. And you know, he, I guess, kind of considers himself working for, uh, you know, all of these universities that have hired them, but they're simply just a completely separate company that's there are being outsourced. And uh, man, I mean, they're covering so much. You know, they're basically like the agency for the players and the school. They're procuring the funds from the from the donors, and yeah, like they're doing a lot. Well, that's an interesting aspect of it. Is he says basically his company works for OU. Okay. Well then what's the, like who works for the players? Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like we're still in a area where the powers that be are still working their hardest to make sure that the players are at the bottom of the totem pole here they're still figuring out a way to just make an industry yeah out of this entirely separate structure here yeah yeah it is fascinating another thing he brought up about Caden green is he said like from an oklahoma perspective we don't want to dump our entire budget or you know a huge chunk of our budget into one player if that means we're going to miss out on two he's literally said related to Caden green and his payment um that would prohibit them from bringing back a starter on offense and a starter on defense and okay that i guess is true for oklahoma that's what he's talking about but 
Caden Green coming to Missouri, I did not see or sense any players that, I mean, still landed Toriano Pride, who yeah. I have to believe is going to be, you know, at the top of Missouri's NIL spend or close to it. And, you know, we still signed Williams Winery out of high school. So, like, I don't see that being a problem for Missouri. He said Oklahoma's not broke, but they're not playing. They're not playing like they got money. I mean, that's all. It sounded like that budget was pretty tight. If you're comparing Oklahoma to Missouri, yeah, it feels like we're playing different games. Yeah, one hundred percent. Does not seem to be an issue for Missouri uh, getting whoever they want. And man, I just never thought I would say that sentence. Yeah. Well, what Missouri is doing, apparently, according to them, allegedly. Is tampering. Yeah. Which very well could be happening. Uh, but at this point, there are no rules. Yeah. There are no rules. Yeah. In the NFL, there are rules. You cannot tamper. Right. In that case, I would like to believe that Missouri would not tamper. Sure. But right now, there is not any rules. Yeah. Who You think the NCAA is going to enforce anything? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And according to the OU podcast, the OU coaches are not engaging in anything like that. So they're the most holy yeah. of football coaches. But truly, like if you want a little bit of insight on NIL and stuff, go listen to that podcast. It was on OU Insider. Uh, you'll Some of you will recognize one of the hosts over there uh, if you've been following Caden Green's recruitment and Williams Winery's recruitment. But I don't think they like Missouri very much. No. So it's just a hunch. Yeah. But if you can, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see what's good info from that interview and not that i thought there was a lot of good good info yeah yeah it's very interesting just to see uh, just to get a little more insight into how nil works internally and um just how it's going to continue to just probably get more crazy you know i think there's in the future i really do think there's going to have to be some guardrails put in place and it uh, will happen at some point but right now there are no rules and missouri's exploiting that in every way they possibly can and it's been working very well yeah, Missouri decided to just set make their own rules and that are going to advantage the football team, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's the rules that they're operating under are the ones that we made. Yeah, I mean, literally getting like state government involved. Yeah. Uh, I believe Greg Sankey at SEC Media Days last year kind of made like a public statement and almost kind of like... Uh, in opposition to Missouri and the way they were handling NIL because you could almost see the power slipping out of his hands yeah. in the way that Missouri was just absolutely doing their own thing. Yeah. And uh, it's been pretty insane to watch. Um, another thing that about, maybe this is the last thing about that interview, um, but one thing that I didn't think he was explaining very well is sort of the subjective value of a player to a specific school based on it being their home state or, you know, uh, trying to establish a pipeline from a specific high school, which I think both of those things factor into Caden Green's uh, transfer portal, portal recruitment. But you could see that applying to all kinds of players and depending on who you're losing at that position and like what your depth looks like and the timing. Like for Missouri's case, it makes a lot of sense to go out and get a in-state recruit that you missed on at a position of need at a time where you're as a program you are you know aiming to be in the college football playoff next year all of that subjectively regardless of 
you know, where Caden Green lands on the chart that he showed means Missouri's going to spend more for him. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they were unwilling to consider any nuance in the situation and that Caden Green's just static value based on his performance on the football field is this. We're unwilling to waver from this number. And so Missouri said, okay, thank you very much. We will have this very momentous recruiting win. Yeah. And uh, towards the end of the interview, they did sort of discuss uh, more like where the sport is headed regarding, uh, you know, the NCAA. And um, another piece of this is the fact that the SEC and the Big Ten just announced what they're calling a joint advisory committee, which when I was first reading the articles and stuff, it's like, oh, okay, this is a power play to, you know, sort of lead towards an ultimatum for the NCAA is kind of what it seems like to me. The official statement released by the Big Ten was less intense, I guess. It was just kind of saying, um, you know, the two conferences, the schools, uh, athletic directors and coaches and stuff want to get their heads together and make sure that they're on the same page as the two most powerful conferences uh, with where the sport is headed specifically about NIL and stuff like that, transfer portal stuff, I assume. And it does feel like eventually the SEC and the Big Ten through this partnership will basically tell the NCAA how the NCAA can be useful to them. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how you're going to govern us. Yeah. Or we'll find somebody else to do it. Yeah. But how... Absolutely wild. How all of this will affect... Like, this is all just college football. Yeah. Yeah. How will this affect the other sports? How will this affect women's sports? I don't think anybody's thinking about it. It feels like there's there's danger. It feels like there's danger around. And But it's so complicated and so convoluted. There's so many parties involved, so many moving pieces. Every step of all of this has felt like we're not going to know what's going to happen until it happens. Yeah, um, the slippery slope logical fallacy is, I believe, a logical fallacy. But in this specific situation, I believe that if your fear of paying players, you know, two or three years ago, if you were afraid of paying players was going to lead to bigger problems, you probably were right, at least in that very specific scenario, because it has become completely out of hand. Like the fact that this industry is there's so much emotion, there's so much money in college football that once one person does something, nobody wants to be left behind. And now everyone's just scratching and clawing to do everything they can to stay relevant. And man, it's just, I don't know. I don't know where we're headed. And there's, I I just can't believe that there hasn't been more movement on trying to get some guardrails in place because it's like, how do we contain this beast at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. What I always go back to is um, the conversations that you're referring to from three or four years ago, where it was like, uh, paying players, what's that going to lead to? Well, paying, needing to compensate players is what happened as a result of college football becoming the enormous business that it is. Correct. So if you're worried about paying players, should have thought about that before ESPN and CBS and NBC were pouring millions and billions of dollars into the sport. So yeah, so I guess at the very root of all of this, you you know we can be happy that the players are being compensated, their families are, yeah. you know, be, are being 
compensated for yeah. what their their son is doing. Yeah. But so that's good. But oh my gosh, like everything else is insane. And what we probably were should have known was going to happen is that it would just become only a recruiting tactic. Really, mm-hmm. just it happened even faster than yeah. maybe we saw. Yeah, and it makes me think. You know, the what we'll see in the next three years, two or three years. It's yeah. It feels like the acceleration is not done. And yeah, and I think the we're going to see that that kind of ripple into coaching. Mm-hmm. And we you know we've seen some pretty legendary college coaches just kind of throw up their hands and retire or move to the nfl so um it'll be interesting to see how that continues to happen if uh if coaches want to adapt or if they just want to be done with it speaking of coaches um i had i thought this was an interesting tweet from kirk herbstreet uh i've mentioned before on the podcast i'm i'm a fan of kirk herbstreet i feel like he's pretty level-headed uh reasonable college football guy and he's just incredible on uh on the mic he and carries Thursday night football. That's true. I hope he's in the new college football video game that comes out. But this tweet from Kirk Herbstreit I thought was interesting. He was talking about college. Uh, the context here is uh, college coaches leaving for the NFL. And Kirk says, college football in its current state will be seeing more and more coaches heading to the NFL. Without boundaries and regulation that makes sense, coaches that get real opportunities in the NFL will be gone. This trend will continue until there is a new governing body and it creates a collective bargaining agreement with a player's entity or union that would include issues like NIL, transfer portal, and eventually revenue sharing. The sport is spiraling out of control, as we know, and many of these coaches are not sticking around and waiting. Just a new reality for the sport. I feel like that's uh, just makes complete sense. I mean, yeah, I see it as like college coaches going from this wild west era of college football to the stability of the NFL, where you just you know what your job is, you know the sport changes based on dates that are outlined in contracts, collective bargaining agreements. Yeah, you know what you're getting into, Mm -hmm. and think about it like. Someone who signed a five-year... Think about Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, how college football has changed since he became the head coach at Missouri is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're asking a college football coach to do right now is pretty insane. You're asking... It's like asking an NFL coach to be the coach and also be the GM and the scout and be in charge of scouting and everything. You know, you're, you're basically asking college football head coaches to be everything well and that was another thing that uh jason belzer in that interview said what his company his team is communicating to oklahoma is do not hire that additional analyst you were thinking about hiring which then i'm like okay so the budgets for analysts and assistant coaches is related to funding for nil like you're telling the athletic department to kind of like, you know, tighten your belt a little bit and not spend as much money. How does that factor into the NIL collective and raising money from donors? I have no idea. It's so weird to think about the whole athletic department having to kind of work now parallel with this outsourced company now. Yeah, And it's like, do they get their own office in the the building? Yeah. Uh, Now, Mizzou um, has their in-house... And well, I don't know if they would even admit to that. That's another thing is like 
are, are these people like employees of the uh, university? Who knows? But every true tiger LLC is its own thing, I guess. And but it is the preferred in I'm quoting preferred NIL collective of the University of Missouri Athletics. And I'm pretty sure Lawrence Bowers is one of the more public uh, facing people in that organization. It's 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 wild stuff. Just I mean, it just all became like it just was built so fast. Yeah. Just all these collectives and everything. Yeah. So it's wild, man. Um I feel like maybe I don't know if this was on the podcast, but I feel like a while back I sort of speculated like we're headed towards scholarship contracts, basically, that include NIL stuff. It seems like we're headed towards players signing a contract for a certain number of years guaranteed for these benefits and like saying that a year ago which is probably about when you said it was it was probably like kind of almost like a wild take yeah at that time i would have said like i don't know maybe four or five years from yeah. now which maybe that's the timeline we're still on yeah. but um yeah, uh, scholarships seem like such an incredible afterthought right now yeah yeah well yeah that's another crazy thing uh, Dennis Gates has talked about how the number of scholarships you have for a basketball team is basically irrelevant. With NIL, we'll buy scholarships. Yes, with NIL, we can basically just turn these funds into a scholarship for the player and call it good. So that's just another aspect of it that's wild. Um, so maybe the first steps towards getting some of this under control, but it still benefiting the players is is happening right now. Um, Dartmouth men's basketball has been approved by the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, for voting to unionize. It's it's happening. <laughs> so, uh, and with Dartmouth men's basketball, you know, you know, they're not making a ton of money. They're not an incredibly profitable area of college athletics, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you, it'll be interesting to see what kind of deal and like who they'll be represented by and what collective bargaining agreement they'll fall under and how it spreads. That's what we're headed for. I think that's what's needed at this point is because the coach, as much as they love those players, that's their job. And they're looking out for their career and their family. The athletic director, to the same extent, they're all working together to try to make it good for everyone. But when it comes down to it, the players are still going to be last Yeah, in all of this. Yeah. Unless they organize and are represented by uh, some kind of governing body that can get contracts done. What do you think it's like to work at the NCAA right now? What do you think those corporate offices are like? surely surely they've been like laying people off right like where they're just punching the air every day yeah oh man they're now they're just sitting there like waiting to see what the what the sec and big 10 come up with just the fall of the roman empire yeah basically yeah it is yeah uh, just waiting to be told what to do that's what they're doing yeah yeah well and uh again a lot of good stuff from that interview uh jason belzer talks about how the ncaa will always be needed to facilitate championships in all those other sports that are not college football. Yeah. So, and like, you know, Division Two, NAIA, those are all still, or not NAIA, but Division Two, Division Three, still NCAA. Yeah. So the NCAA will not completely disappear, 
it'll still do all that stuff for those divisions and whatever the SEC and Big Ten allow them to do. I don't really care what happens to the NCAA, but just can we just preserve March Madness? <laughs> That's all I'm worried about. This can we just preserve this perfect piece of history and yeah. just the greatest thing this greatest sporting event that's ever happened does the ncaa as an organization own the trademark march madness Is i that... think so i don't know though i'm not i'm not for sure we're gonna have the we can still have a big tournament without them i guess yeah well it'll be the espn march can we still have the cbs theme song the espn march tournament the cbs march extravaganza march mania yes cbs march mania brought to you by disney plus yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, disney will buy it yeah disney will buy the rights to march madness march madness is a trademark phrase okay. as well as elite eight final four the big dance and march mayhem incredible march mayhem what's, what's march no They're one like, says that <laughs> that was like whenever you just buy a domain name it's like a little bit similar just yeah, in case just in case what was the one wait what's the one they have the secondary March Mania, mayhem. March, March Mayhem. So you said March Mania. Yes. So we're good. So we need to buy the domain buying. name. Yes. <laughs> exactly. They have the trademark Final Four. It's insane. Well, I guess send me to prison. I've said it. <laughs> well, you're not making money off <laughs> of it. That's true. Lord knows. It. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have any money. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Elite Eight, Final Four, but Sweet Sixteen not trademark. I think it was. Oh. Uh. Um, NCAA Sweet 16 is an NCAA trademark. Sweet 16 itself is owned by the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. Incredible. What? And they license the term to the NCAA. Incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, law offices of Berman, Fink, and Van Horn for this information. Very innovative. They broke all that down for us. Oh, man. College sports... I mean, I just, part of me just wants to fast forward to when is this all going to be settled and done? I want to know how to think about it yeah. <laughs> because it's hard to figure out what exactly to think. Well, I'm just going to enjoy Missouri just taking advantage of this uh, very in-between period. That's it. In football, at least. That's all we can do. Enjoy Caden Green and boy, in a Missouri Tiger uniform. Enjoy being uh, a frontier. Yeah. In NIL. Enjoy Emo's Pizza. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> we need the, like a uh, we need like a sound bite of just that. Enjoy <laughs> Emo's Pizza. Enjoy Luther Burden chips. <laughs> I like don't even know what kind of chips it is or anything. They're Luther Burden chips, as far as I'm concerned. Um, enjoy. Go buy a jersey. I'm gonna have to go buy a NIL jersey. Uh, Luther Burden merch. You're literally right wearing it. There you go. Um. Yeah, that was that was business. Business can be fun. Yeah. Um, Mizzou basketball plays in about thirty minutes. You gonna watch that game with me? Sure. At least the beginning. Have it of on it. in the background. At least the beginning <laughs> of it. Um. Okay. Are we done here? Mm-hmm. Anything else you got, producer Cameron? No. This article is funny, so maybe we'll throw it in the Discord. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Subscribe on Patreon to see the article. <laughs> uh okay we're done 
Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Louis Hernandez, and Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. Start your engines. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.